everybody. I'm so glad that you are all here at Bring Your Parents Tonight. Come on, this is awesome. My name is Jake. I'm the lead pastor here at CA Students, and it's just my total honor and delight. I can't believe I get to um, speak tonight. And uh, I'm so excited as we come to God's Word. Uh, there, uh, there's a handout underneath your chair, and there should be a pen in the seat back in front of you. Uh, we like to take notes here at CA Students. And also, we love to, um, you know, if something is encouraging to you, if something you feel like you just want to say amen to that, there is freedom to say amen. Can I get an amen? amen. So students, lead the way. Let's, let's, let's do this tonight. Um, hey, I just want to start by saying as one of the younger generation to the older generation, I want to say on behalf of all of us students, parents, we honor you. We love you. We need you. We submit to you. We're thankful for you. And uh, I'm just so thankful that you're here. Way to be here tonight. Um, we're just so thankful for you. I also want to give honor to all the volunteer leaders that are in this room. Can you stand up if you're a volunteer leader really quick? Stand up if you're a volunteer leader. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Just so I don't preach too long. Amen. Okay. Hey, um, I just wanted to start because I really feel filled with faith for tonight. I want to just tell you that something that's so compelling to me. Acts 17, 26 through 27. Paul says this, From one man God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. I'm so compelled by this verse because we see in Scripture that God's not just transcendent, but he's also imminent. He's the God of the macro. He's also the God of the micro. And we see in this scripture that God was intentional about where he put peoples, not just in terms of location, but also in terms of history. And if that's true on a macro level, I believe that that's true on a micro level. And so I wanted to encourage you, think of your family relationships. God, in his infinite wisdom, thought it was a good idea, and he was intentional about putting you with your family members on a team. Out of all the time in history and all the time in the future, out of all the places on this earth, God decided to put you with your family, with your family relationships, with these friends at this church in 2022 in Los Angeles. Isn't that amazing? Like God puts you on a team. We're a team together, and you're a team with your family relationships. Isn't that amazing? That's compelling to me. You know, the baton is in our hand right now, right? We've got this limited amount of time, and God put us together on a team for a reason. That's so compelling to me. And I was just thinking, man, what could God do with families that are united, families that are united in the gospel? What could God do? You know, I was thinking about Galatians chapter 5, and I want to think about your family, your, your team, your family relationships your brothers and sisters in Christ as well. Galatians 5 says, you brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. 
For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Hey, families, let's not bite and devour each other. Let's love one another. Let's serve one another in love. What could it be like if we put aside what's typical for families or something like that? And we said, no, I I go not on the world's word. I go on God's word. By the way, parents, if there was any doubt, we're about to start a new series tonight. Here at CA Students, we love God's word. We're a 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 kind of youth group. We believe that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Come on, can I get an amen? amen? Oh, yeah, we're a youth group that loves the gospel. I think it's 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 10. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach, and because I preach this good news, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained, so I'm willing to endure anything if it'll mean salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. We love the Bible. We love the gospel, and because we love the Bible, we're going to start a new series tonight going through an amazing book. Students, help me out. What is the name of the series we have been in so far? Come on. Let's go. That was good. We've been in a series called Worth It, how it's worth it to follow Jesus. And now we're starting a book, uh, a new series called Acts. Still worth it. Let's go. (laughs) We're starting a new series. We're going through the book of Acts. And uh, I'm so excited for it. Um, It's an amazing story of the, the, the first generation of followers of Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, this is your story. This is our story. And by the way, if you're not a follower of Christ, I just want to say you're welcome here. I'm so glad you're here. And we'd love nothing more for you to get connected with our family here at CA Students. So we're starting this new series, Acts. Still worth it. And uh, I'm so excited. Will you pray with me as we get started? Lord Jesus, we love you. Speak to us tonight through your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Have you ever seen something or experienced something that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to tell somebody about that? Okay. I was set up with my wife, Noelle, where's Noelle, hey, on a blind date, and I remember the first time I interacted with her, I, I picked her up, I was at her porch, I got invited in, yes, to the, uh, to the living room, her dad and her brother uh, were there, and I remember looking at Noelle's face, and I remember thinking to my, I honestly remember thinking to myself, Wow. And then I was like, I think there's something different about this girl. And I love telling that story. I love telling that story because I experienced this. I was like, wow. I love telling that story because I experienced something special that day. There's this crazy story that I love to tell. I won't tell all of it. But one time I was on a jog, and some of you students know this story. But a big dog attacked another jogger's little dogs. And me and this other jogger had to fight this big dog off of these two the, the two little dogs were fine, but it's this crazy story. Ask me about it sometime. I love telling the story because, well, it was a crazy experience. One time, another experience I had, I really felt like I heard God's voice in a really unique way, and it changed my life to really believe that God loves every single person, that he wants every single person to know him. And I was so moved by it. I love telling that story because I experienced something special. So have you had a, an experience where you're like, Wow, that was amazing. That was so cool. I got to tell somebody about that. 
I ask you that because I want to get in your head the idea of what a witness is. Because the idea of a witness is really important in the book of Acts. So, more, so most simply, a witness sees something. Then when a witness shares what they've seen, it's called bearing witness. The idea of witness is important in the book of Acts. Acts tells the story of the good news of Jesus expanding and being heard about more and more people as Jesus' followers counted it worth it to be a witness. Amen? Let's jump into... That was kind of... Amen? Can I get an amen? Let's jump into the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Here we go. In my former book, Theophilus, everybody say Theophilus. Nice. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. So Acts is going to be about what Jesus continues to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, and after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The first thing we learn from the book of Acts is this. You can write it down on your handouts. Jesus, whom we're witnessing about, has given us witnesses clear instructions. Verse 2 says he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions. Let's see if you can finish this phrase for me. Everybody, participation, please. If you see something... Nice work, everybody. Those are clear instructions, right? They're actually instructions uh, from the U.S. government to help prevent terrorist attacks. Clear instructions with a purpose. Jesus gives clear instructions that can be summarized as, hey, you've seen something. It's time to say something, right? Looking back at Matthew's eyewitness account in chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, it's called the Great, Com- Great Commission These are the instructions that are clear he gave to all his disciples. In fact, let's read this together. Can we get uh, the Great Commission up on the screen, please? Ready? Begin. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And, go ahead, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' instructions for his followers are clear. Go and make disciples. Parents, it starts with your children, right? Come on. We go and make disciples. Those of us who are followers of Jesus are given the same instructions. We've experienced something. If you're a follower of Christ, you've been saved by Jesus. You've been reconciled to a holy God when you were a sinner. That's amazing. Something has happened. It's time to say something. Let's jump back in. Verses 4 through 8. Here we go. Um, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The next thing we learn, you can write down on your handouts, is this. Jesus promises power to be witnesses through the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Verse 8 is the outline and central theme of the book of Acts. The disciples' power is the Holy Spirit. Their role is to be Jesus' witnesses. As we read Acts, we will read the story of Jesus' disciples through the power of the Holy Spirit, saying, it's worth it to be a witness, starting in Jerusalem and expanding out to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But Jesus indicates that in both instructions that we won't be alone. Matthew says, I will be with you always. Here in Acts, Jesus said to wait for the Holy Spirit to come before, he, before going out to be witnesses. He said this because he knew we would need the power of God to be witnesses. Do you ever wonder why Jesus left and ascended? Like, why, Jesus, why can't you just be physically present with us now? Thankfully, Jesus answers in John 16, 7. He says this, Nevertheless, I tell you, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, or the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. While Jesus was on earth, he could only be uh, at, in one place at one time. But the empowering Holy Spirit would carry on Jesus' ministry over the entire world at all times. Can you say, whoa? <laughs> also, in God's sovereign plan, the Holy Spirit would not come in power and fullness until Jesus returned to heaven. Here, I want you to chew on this for a second. Because the Holy Spirit is available, it's actually better to live now than when Jesus was here in physical form. Are you living in a way where you're experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in that measure? Where you could say, no, I'm glad that I'm living now because the Holy Spirit's available to me. One of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit is to empower Jesus' witnesses to be witnesses. And it's awesome that the Holy Spirit comes to give us power so we don't have to try to be witnesses in our own power. In the original, the original witnesses in the book of Acts, okay, maybe Paul was pretty extraordinary, but most of them were very, very ordinary people, right? I love 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29. Anybody feel like an ordinary person in this room? then you're perfect to be a witness for God because you've got to rely on God's power, the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29. I love this. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things, can I get an amen, of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, that no one may boast before him. And I think of 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, this treasure we have, it's in jars of clay, so that it may be known that the all-surpassing power of God, it's not from us, it's, it's from him. Can anybody be a fragile jar of clay? But you can contain Romans 1, 16 through 17, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. For in the gospel, it is said, the righteous shall live by faith. Come on. Do you feel unqualified to be a witness, students or parents? Maybe just totally ordinary? Then you're perfect to be a witness because that means you'll need to rely on God's power. Aiden, you can come up and join me as we get ready to close. Let's read verses 9 through 11. This is my favorite part. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. 
They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Wow. I love this next point. It gets me. Here we go. Our opportunity to be witnesses will come to an end. Have you thought about this? Our opportunity to tell other people about Christ, to see people who are in need of reconciliation to a holy God, that opportunity to witness and tell of what Jesus has done to people who need to hear it will come to an end. Why do I say that? Verse 11 says, one day, in the same way he was taken to heaven, he'll come back. We will no longer have the chance to witness because his return, just like his ascension, will be bodily and visible. One day, friends, everybody will know that Jesus Christ is Lord, and it'll be too late to witness to people who don't know about Jesus. Either that day will come or will pass away, and you won't have the chance to witness to someone who doesn't know Jesus. This should create a sense of urgency in us. There's a book called The One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. You know what that is? It's evangelize. It's share your faith. It's to see someone be transferred from darkness to light. Whew, and I just think, gosh, what if some of us as families were kind of feeling on the sidelines right now, but what if we were united around and could rally around this common mission you know, I was thinking, I, I, love, I love the disciples, I love this picture, like they're like, Jesus is ascending and he's like in the clouds and they're just all like looking and the angels have to be like, hey guys, 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 go, right? Go, <laughs> like go to that prayer meeting where the Holy Spirit's gonna be poured out, right? And I feel like some of us, right now we're sitting on the sidelines. Some of us, and I, some of us, guys, we're, we're to be honest, we don't have that urgency in us to be witnesses, Maybe we're spending way more time on social media or video games or all these things that they're not bad in and of themselves, but if they're distracting us from the main thing, from the mission, if they're distracting us from our first love, which is God, then they are a bad thing. And maybe we need to, we need to say, oh yeah, Jesus is coming back. Let's rally, let's rally, let's rally. Let's, let's our family, our, our team, you know, our, our, we've got this limited amount of time out of, all the nations God could have put me in, in all the times in history God could have put me in. He put me right here in this family in 2022 in Los Angeles. Wow, I get to be a part of God's mission on earth with these people, not just your, you know, your physical family, but your church family. We get to do this together. And we need somebody, and maybe that's me today. Hey, let's go. Let's get on the mission. Let's get on the mission. I love the angel who helped the disciples stop staring up into the sky and get moving to get to their prayer meeting where the Holy Spirit was poured out. But being a witness, as we're going to talk about in the book of Acts, these people that said it's worth it to follow Jesus, it's still worth it, it's worth it to be a witness. When we say it's worth it to follow Jesus, it's going to mean taking action. So what is that action, parents and students? The final point for tonight is this. Counting it worth it means bearing 
witness. Counting it worth it means bearing witness. See, students, family, parents, and students, what if tonight was a catalytic moment for some of us to take courage? What if tonight was a catalytic moment for parents to ask for forgiveness to their kids? What if tonight was a catalytic moment for some students to ask forgiveness for their parents and say, let's stop biting and devouring each other and let's serve one another humbly in love. Counting it worth it means bearing witness. Guys, we don't have forever to be witnesses. Let's rally together around the mission of God and go after it with all of our hearts. Will you pray with me as we get ready to sing this final song and close out? Lord, thank you for your inspired word, the book of Acts. Thank you for the call to be witnesses, Lord, to share the goodness of what you've done. God, thank you. I just pray right now that you would bless families, Lord, that you'd bless this family of God, that you would bind our hearts together, and that we would respond to you with all of our hearts. God, empower us with your Holy Spirit to be witnesses, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing. Stand on up.